Emeritus Hashem tonight. We're continuing in Emeritus Hashem Os Yudalim. So picking up from where we left off last week in the Piazetsna. That's great. From you. That's beautiful. Absolutely incredible. All right, so we're picking up tonight. So I will say last last week, last week's year, we actually had the opportunity for some for some very good chazara. Piazetsna took us back to the beginning of the sefer, and we're continuing Emeritus Hashem tonight in Os Yudalim, which is page thirty-three. Page thirty-three. Everyone has, uh, you know, do the sponsorships. Yeah, go ahead. Um, he learns to us uh, the father of Yehuda Buchwalter, whose shloshim is actually today, Asher Zella ben Yaakov Yehuda, and memory of Ari Aryeh Stein's father, Shlomo Yitzchak ben Pesach Ruben. His yard site is there. Shkoyach, shkoyach to all of our sponsors. Shkoyach, everyone. All right, so both sides we are continuing. Merit Hashem tonight in Os Yudalim. So the Piaget tonight is as follows. However, you know what? Maybe if people are sitting, I think we're short, we're short on Svarim. So maybe if there's anyone who's sitting close enough to someone else that they could share, we could free up a couple of Svarim. Okay. Okay. Good. Thank you, Hebra. All right, so we'll say, so let's begin. Anyway, we do, we do a lot of this, do a lot of this balpe. Anyway, so Merit Sashem will, uh, okay, so we'll say, Osiyo Dalit. So the Piaget writes as follows, Osiyo Dalit. Afal ga, excuse me, Aval af gam term neskala, bechari iyo ilo zuba paul mamish. So we'll say, so remember again, the Piaget has been talking about this concept of being able to see not with your eyes, right, but being able to see with your neshama. Right, the whole the whole avoda of the sefer is the piyazetsna teaching us that sometimes we become so limited by thinking that reality is defined by what we see with our senses, when in reality there's a whole world out there. There's a whole world. You know, I keep every, every I will tell you personally, I'm always I'm always pulled back to the piyazetsna's description of shalashudis, right? To that shalashudis where the chariot of Hakadosh Baruch Hu is is just coursing through the neshama of the Jew. You can't see it with your eyes, but you can see it with the eyes of your neshama. There are so many dimensions of reality, and often we just limit ourselves to what we could perceive with our senses. The Piagetsna says the whole you sold in life is to stop seeing with your eyes and to start seeing with your neshama. So the Piagetsna writes, now it could very well be that a person is not yet on the level. I'm not, okay, so I'm learning the Piagetsna, I'm striving to be on the level, but I'm not yet on that level where I have the sense of sight, like the Piazetsna is describing, right? I don't, see, I don't yet see the world in that way. He says, I'm not able to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu necessarily in the world just yet, right? I know what I'm aiming towards, I know what I'm working towards, but I'm not there just yet. So we'll say, so this is incredible, because I think... What the PHS is going to describe here is something I know that many of us, I, I, know, I think that many of us have been struggling since we went ahead and we started the save, which is the PHS is describing where we want to get to. But I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet, right? So I want to get to the level where I'm able to see the world not with these eyes, right? Not with my physical eyes, but where I see the world with my neshama. I want to be in a world, I want to get to a state in life where ultimately, again, I'm like the son of the king and not like the servant of the king. But I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. So what do I do in the interim? What do I do in the interim before I get to this process, of, excuse me, this, this level of, of elevated spirituality? So the Piaget says something amazing. He says, Piaget says, you know what you have to do? 
you have to think. You have to think. Now, I will say now, for many of us, that's a very scary thing to say. Right? You have to think. Again, all, all kidding aside, we often don't like thinking. I will say that, that's why, again, you know, part of, do you ever wonder why people are so drawn to technology? Right? Why is it that people are so drawn to technology? Right? It, it's incredible. Right? That, that people, mamish, like, the love that a person has for their iPhone, I think most, <laughs> most women wish they were as loved by their husbands as the newest iPhone was. They both say, do you know deep down why people are drawn to it? Because the great part about it is you can keep yourself busy and you don't have to think. See, thinking is scary. Thinking is scary. Because when I begin to think, I begin to realize that you know what? I'm probably not fully living the life I'm capable of living. I'm not doing all the things I'm capable of doing. I could self-actualize. I could be better. I could be more. I could do more. And when I begin to think about that, it's scary. It's overwhelming because the truth is like, I don't necessarily want to hold myself to a higher standard. So the beautiful part is that when I busy myself, when I busy myself, I don't have to think. Right? I don't have to think. I'm busy. And the great part is I could even fool myself into thinking that I'm productive. Right? I'm so busy. I'm doing, I'm doing so much stuff, so much stuff. But in reality, really, all I'm doing is I'm running away. I'm like a child. I'm like a child who, who will do anything and everything other than do his homework, right? I'll make up any excuse, I'll procrastinate. So, so many of us never grow out of that childish mentality of just doing anything and everything to avoid doing the most important work in life, which is thinking, which is thinking, thinking about who I am, what I am, where I'm going, and what I'm doing. So the Piaget says something amazing. He says, if I'm not yet on the level, where I see the Ribbono Shal Olam in everything, says it's okay, it's okay, but what's my avoda? My avoda is to think. Now think about what? Sukkot Piyajasna says. He says, Ani, Ani Roa. So a person should say like this. A person should say, well, so listen to this. A person should say to himself, Me, I don't see God everywhere. Right? Going back to the Piyajasna's example of Shalashadis, right? What do I see when I go to Shalashadis? What do I see? Egg salad, right? That's what I see. I see egg salad, tuna fish, challah rolls. That's what I see. That's what I see. Right? I don't, I don't see it. I, 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 I understand what the Piagetzna is saying, and I want to see what the Piagetzna sees, but I don't see that yet. So the Piagetzna says, so what should you do? Acknowledge it. Ani, Ani Roa. I don't see it. I don't see it. Aval halo but even though I can't see it, doesn't mean that it's not true. So, so the Piyajetzna says that sometimes the first step to being able to develop this tova type of vision is an acknowledgement that it exists even if I can't see it. So acknowledge, I'm not on the level, I don't see it. I don't see it, but it's no less true. In other words, I believe it with all of my heart. Do I believe that what happens at Shalashudis is what the Piagetzna describes at Shalashudis? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I believe that I am capable of reaching a level where when I dive into HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm able to feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu all around me? But remember last week's share, do I believe that when I say Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam, that I am capable of reaching a level, capable of reaching a level in which I actively feel the presence of God all around me? I believe it. I believe it. Am I there yet? No. No. I'm not there at all. I'm not experiencing that yet at all. But I absolutely unequivocally believe that it's there 
and that it's happening. I just can't see it. And I will say, by the way, just understand what an incredible accomplishment that is, right? Because very often, remember, how do we define reality? How do we define reality? How do we define reality? By what we see. So what the Piaget's not saying is step number one is taking the step to acknowledge that just because you don't see it doesn't make it less, any less real. He goes on, he says, And the Piazetna says, I have to believe that the world is filled with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? The world is fully filled with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And ultimately, again, I am fully filled with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Even when you walk on the, on the sand, right? I walk on the sand, I walk on the dirt, right? Every little granule is filled with the holiness of God, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every little bit of this world is filled with the Ribbono Shal Olam. He goes on, he says, So watch this. So the Piazetna says, I don't feel, I don't yet feel, and I don't yet perceive what the Piazetna has been describing this entire time. So how do I get there? Step one, step one, is at the end of the day, acknowledge that it exists. Step two, Acknowledge that I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. It does exist, but I am not there yet. Then I will say, here's the hard part. Why am I not there yet? Right? Do you hear this? Step one, I acknowledge that there's so much more than what I see with my eyes. That's step one. Step two, I acknowledge that at the end of the day, I don't see. I acknowledge that at the end of the day, I... It's such an incredible thing. I acknowledge that it exists, but I also acknowledge that I don't see it. That I don't see it. And it's more than just not appreciate. I, I, I don't see, I, I, so I admit it. I, I acknowledge it exists. You know, what, so you know what it's like? You know what it's like? Is there a country called China? Sure. Yeah, right? It exists? Yeah, absolutely, right? But, but do you see it? No. No, right? Thank you, Zevi. I appreciate the animation and that is excellent, right? Hey, so, right? So I don't see it. So we'll say so that, that's a very it's a very simple example. In other words, that like I acknowledge it exists, I acknowledge it exists, even though I can't see it, I acknowledge it exists. So the Piazzan says, you have to do the same thing in Ruchnius. I acknowledge that there, that there is the ability to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu in everything. There is the ability to feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu in everything. I acknowledge that it exists. And then I acknowledge that I haven't reached that level. And now comes the million dollar question. Why have I not reached that level? So we'll say, watch, look what the PhD says. He says, Varak ani birtsoni ha prati, hotsesi esatsmi ledover, nimsa bif ledar bif, sorry, ledover nimsa bif neatsmo, herchak mani yisparach. You know, I don't see it because I've separated myself from the things that are good in this world. See, we'll say, step number three, which is the hardest part which is acknowledging that the reason I don't see it is because I've made some bad decisions in life. And as a result of those bad decisions, I have distanced myself from the Riban Shalom. I've distanced myself from holiness. That's why I don't see it. So I, say, I just want to point out, the natural default of man, right? The natural default is to see what the Piagetzna is describing. 
That's the natural default. In other words, you come into this world, you come into this world, and we're perfect, right? Like the Pasuk says, You should be blessed when you go out, be blessed when you come in. And Rashi HaKadosh says, what does it mean? The same way you enter into this world without sin, so we should be zochah to leave this world without sin. Also, I'll point out, it's one of the fundamental distinctions between Judaism and Christianity. Christianity believes that man is inherently flawed. Man is inherently sinful, right? And man has to actively work to overcome that like natural state of sinfulness. In Yiddishkeit, we do not believe in that, right? In Yiddishkeit, we believe, how is man born? Man is born absolutely pure and clean, which means the default state of man is tzitkus, is righteousness. So what ends up happening over life? Well, it's incredible. What ends up happening in life? I ruin it. I ruin it. See, we think that like the goal in life is to acquire holiness and spirituality. That's not the goal. You know what the goal is? You know what the goal is? Don't mess it up. Don't mess. It's yours. I have it. I have it. I possess it. It exists already. The whole hop in life is don't make bad decisions that caused me to well, say, you hear this? We, we know this. We know this in life. I'm born good. I'm born good. I'm born with all of the Kedusha that I need. And then what ends up happening? I end up making mistakes. Mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake until I distance myself. So I so step, sorry, step one, I acknowledge that this plane of existence, this, this, this sighted existence that the Piaget is describing exists, right? Number two, I acknowledge that I don't see it, but even though I don't see it exists. And number three, the difficult part, I acknowledge that the reason I don't see it is because of bad decisions I've made. And I will say, this is a big one. This is a big one. Because what this requires me is to own the fact that the reason I often don't feel inspired and the reason I don't feel connected and the reason I don't see what the Piagetsna saw, so say, it's easy to say, of course I don't see what the Piagetsna saw. Why not? Why don't I see what the Piagetsna saw? Why not? Because I'm not the Piagetsna. Right? That's the easy answer. But it's such a profound cop-out. It's such a, by the way, the Piagetsna was born the same way that you and I were. We'll say, you know what the difference between the Piagetsna and us? The difference between the Piagetsna and us? FFB. Is that he was, pre- what? FFB. FFB, yeah, yeah no. probably, that, that's true, that's true, or probably like CFB, Hasidish from birth, Hasidish from birth, right? That is true, I didn't think about that one, right? I will say, but, but in addition to that, the difference between the Piagetsna and us is that the Piagetsna was probably careful from a very young age to safeguard his innate personalistic holiness. He recognized that he was the guardian of a profound treasure. And he was careful not to divest himself of it. And probably when he did make mistakes, because he's a human being, when he did make mistakes, he was careful to try to rebound from those mistakes as quickly as possible. It's such a profound idea. Why am I not the person I know I'm capable of becoming? It's not because I'm not trying hard enough. It's not because it's because I've made mistakes and sometimes I just refuse to correct those mistakes. Mistakes. I was telling this over, I learned with a group of 11th graders in the morning, I was, I was telling them over this mashal, it's, it's like the most profound mashal, like the, the, the Gemara talks about this. The Gemara says there's the concept of tovel v'sheretz biyado. So I was like, what's tovel v'sheretz biyado, right? I'm Tomei, I'm Tomei. I go to the mikvah. I'm ready, I'm going up, down, 25 times vidui. Only one problem, I'm holding a dead mouse in my hand. Right? Up, down, up, down, up, down. What's talacha, what's my status? What's my status? Tomei, Why? Why? Because I won't let go. 
I won't let go. You know, see, you know how much of life is like that? I have stuff in my life and I won't let go. I won't let go. There's relationships that I won't let go of. There are habits that I won't let go of. There are behaviors that I won't let go of. I, 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 I know what he's going to say. Can I tell you something? You know, sometimes like we, we like to think that like figuring out how to be successful in life is like this mystery, right? This big mystery. What do I need to do in order to really operate on all cylinders, in order to actualize? And it's not. It's for most of us. It's so incredibly simple. I just have to let go of the stuff that's often holding me back. I've let go of the mistakes. But the truth is, a lot of times we get so used to holding on to that dead mouse. I know it sounds strange to say it, right? We get so used to holding on to the sherets that we're simply, we feel we're unable to let go. So the Piagetzna says, at the end of the day, why don't I see the world like the Piagetzna saw the world? Because I make mistakes and I refuse to correct them. I make mistakes and I refuse to course correct. And if I refuse to course correct, there's only so far I could get in life. And I will say, by the way, that's why, just and then we're going to go on. That's why, we'll say, you ever wonder, like, Yamim Noraim comes, right? And we know we all have the same process, Yam Noraim, right? What happens, Yam Noraim, right? The Satan Rebbe says that every person says, Yamim Noraim, this is the year. This is the year. And then about three weeks later, what is it? What is it? It's just another year. It's just another year. I'll get, I, I'm going to get this one next year. I'm going to get you next time around. Right? I'll, get you, I'll, I'll, get, I'll, get, I'll get you. I'll get you next year. I'll get you next year. So we'll say, why does that happen? What? I have all the most beautiful intentions during Elul, during Tishrei. So where is it that I lose my traction? So sometimes it's resolve. But I think more often than not, it's because we look at growth. We look at growth as a process of taking things on. I don't want to keep waving this around. Process of taking things on, which is part of it. But the bigger part of growth is not what you take on. The bigger part of growth is that what you're willing to let go of. That's the bigger part of growth. Because also remember again, if I accept the fact, if I accept the reality that my natural default is holiness, what that means is, says the Piagetzna, I don't really have to do a lot of stuff to activate that holiness. It's there. It's there. What I often have to do is stop doing certain things and allow my inner holiness to truly come out. It's such an incredible thing. The reason why so many of us end up spinning our wheels, you know, on the road of life is because we're going about it wrong. So I think it's like taking on another mesechta, which is great. Taking on another mitzvah, which is great. Davening with more kavana, which is great. All great, 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 great except I'm unwilling to do the thing that is really the enabler for true growth, which is letting go of my dead mouse, which is letting go of the stuff that's holding me back. Because at the end of the day, that's blocking. You know, say, it's, like a, it's like a Kedusha blocker. You know, when I'm doing negative things, what it is, it's like an iron wall in front of my Neshama that just, the Kedusha's there. The Kedusha's there. It wants to come out, but the negativity keeps it in. So the Piagetzna says, this is what he's saying. He says over here, he says, Varak Ani, listen to what he writes. It's, the problem is me. The problem, I will say, by the way, you also know, we've, we've been with the Piagetzna, has been our Rebbe for long enough to know, the Piagetzna is very positive, very positive. So when he writes these words, he is not in any way meaning to beat up on us, right? That, that's not at all the intention of you. But I will say, you know, sometimes when you love someone, you have to have a difficult conversation with them. And it's not a pleasant conversation. And there are things that are going to be said that are like a little bit jarring, things that are going to be said that are a little bit overwhelming, but it comes from a profound sense of love. So we know that our Rebbe loves us. The Piagetzna loves us. 
But what he's telling us in tonight's year is he's telling us the truth. And look what he writes. He says, You know what? Me, because of my own personal will, I have chosen to stand alone and separate. I have chosen to stand apart from God. I was say, hear those words, right? And it's almost enough to put down your schnitzel. It's almost enough to make you put down. Not, not totally enough, right? Almost enough to make you put down your chicken, right? And I always say, but, but you hear what the PSG says? I made the choice. I make the choice to be separate and distant from God. And he said, no, chas me, chas v'shalom. I don't do that. Rebbe was saying, but we do. But we do, right? Every single time we choose to engage in negative activity, I am making a conscious decision to stand separate from God. Now, often... I'm not conscious of that at the time that I'm making poor decisions in life. And I will say, by the way, poor decisions doesn't always have to be sin, right? Poor decisions are sometimes just that, poor decisions. But when I make bad decisions, poor decisions in life, I'm making an active choice to stand separate and distinct from the Ribbono Shalom. Leos, look, let's listen to this Lashon. Leos, no v'nad michutz machana elokim zeh. I make a choice. I will say, what does Navinad mean? How would you translate that phrase? Navinad? Wandering aimlessly. Wandering. Wandering aimlessly. Wandering. I will say, when I make bad decisions in life, I separate myself from Akadosh Baruch Hu, and I'm making a decision to wander aimlessly through life. And I will say, you, you hear this and you say to yourself, what kind of fool would actively choose to separate himself from Akadosh Baruch Hu? And to wander aimlessly through life. Show me, tell me, point him out to me. Point, to, point tell right, point out that guy to me. I'm going to set him straight. And I was like, the says, we all do it. Again, I, I, I don't, I don't think about it this way, right? What I think about when I think about Navera, so I say, when I, when I, when, how would you describe it? What is an Avera? What is an Avera? Oh, everyone's a tzaddik here, right? No, right, fine. I'll tell you what an Avera is. So, right? So again, an Avera. I would off before this. You say an Avera means doing something that is against the will of God, right? God wants me to do X, not Y. I'm doing Y. I'm going against the will of God. So what is the ramification of going against the will of God? Again, it's divine disobedience. So, I mean, what is there? What is there? There could be a punishment. There's certainly a distance. What, what the PHS says, no, no, no. You're making a decision to separate yourself from Hashem. Forget about punishment, Forget about punishment, right? We did this in Mesir HaSishan, I will say, you know, focus on punishment. Yiras HaOnesh is like the lowest level of relationship with Hashem. It's infantile, right? That's why, that's why little kids do things because they don't want to get patched or they want to get, I don't know, I, think, I don't think anybody patches anymore. When I was a child in the shtetl, they patched, they patched, right? So I'll say, so again, so, right, we, th- th- that's infantile. That's not how we operate in our Yiddishkeit. I would say, to me, this is like, the PHS is saying, do you, know what, do you know what happens when I commit an Avera? Forget about the punishment. I'm choosing to stand apart from God. I'm saying, you're over there, and I'm over here. I'm over here. It's okay. I don't need to stand with you. I don't need to be with you. And when you say it, it sounds so ridiculous, right? When you say it, it sounds so crazy. But says the Piaget's now, that's what we do when we make bad decisions. I choose to stand apart from God. Now, Hevra, what's the ramification of standing apart from God? What's the ramification? What, what's the ramification of that? 
So uh, remember, according to the Piagetzna, the ramification is you can't see anything in this world but that which you could perceive with your physical eyes. You've lost spiritual vision. When you stand separate and distinct from God, your eyes work, right? your physical eyes work, the senses work, but you cannot see anything in this world beyond your senses. They're all saying, isn't that incredible? Who's ever heard? I'm, I, I tell you, I was looking at this piece today. I was like, I never heard hate described in this way. I've heard discussions about punishment, discussions about Tumah, but the Piazzetta is not bringing out any of that. He's like, just understand, you're choosing to walk away from Hashem. Hashem is here, and I'm choosing, I don't want to stand with you. I'm standing over here. Ramification of that, all I have are my physical senses. I've lost the ability to see anything beyond that in this world. And the Rebbe goes on. He says, So therefore again, So remember again, says the Piazetzna. So now what's my job? Remember, let's keep track of what we're trying to do over here. We're trying to acquire the level of vision that the Piazetzna is describing. Now, again, tonight we're being honest. Then, all right, well, if I'm honest with myself, then what do I say? I'm not on that level. Right? I don't, I don't yet see it. I don't yet see it. But I believe it. And I have to ask myself, why don't I see it? The answer says the Piazetzna, because I make bad decisions. And when I make bad decisions, I distance myself from Hashem. The Piazetzna says, good, now you got it. Keep reviewing that thought over and over and over. And then the next time, I am faced with a life decision to make. And I have to choose between doing the right thing and the wrong thing. I ask myself one simple question. Do I want to stand separate and distinct from Hashem? Like I said, forget about punishment right now. Do I want to be alone in this world? Do I want to stand alone in this world? Says the Piazzatzna. If you keep this thought first and foremost on your mind, then suddenly when temptation comes, which inevitably it does, when the opportunity for bad decisions come, which inevitably it does, suddenly I'm thinking to myself, do I want to be alone in the world? You know, I'll say, there's, Rabbi Soloveitchik writes, and um, Rabbi Soloveitchik has, a, has a, had an essay called Lonely Man of Faith. Lonely Man of Faith, a very, very profound piece. In the introduction, the Rav writes the difference between being alone and being lonely. Right? It's very profound. The Rav says, being alone is a physical reality. Right? If I'm the only person in the room, I am alone. I'm alone. Lonely, he says, is an existential state. A person could be lonely even if they are surrounded by people. I will say, you know, you, know where, you know where this feeling is often experienced? When a person undergoes loss, a person experiences loss. Loss is a very isolating experience. You could be the Avel, sitting Shiva, surround, surrounded by throngs of people. And yet you feel totally lonely. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. There's plenty of people there. But I feel all, no, no one understands me. No one understands what it is that I'm experiencing. And so I'm not lonely. I'm not, me, I'm not alone. But I'm lonely. What the Piagetzna is describing of Rabosa, you know what he's describing? He's describing existential loneliness. When I make bad decisions in life, I am lonely. Not because God left me, but because I've made an active choice to leave God. And I will say, 
You ask a person, do you want to be lonely? I will say the worst thing in life is loneliness. Right? Not aloneness. Sometimes it's good to be alone. Right? The worst thing in life is loneliness. Right? When at the end of the day you feel that you are just by yourself in this life. That there's no one here for you in this world. But when I make bad decisions and I distance myself from my God, suddenly I have plunged myself into an existential state of loneliness. Just think about that. Just think about that. So suddenly now the next time, the next time I have to make a decision, don't start thinking about, well, do I want to go to Gehenna? No, nobody wants to go to Gehenna, right? And I'm not going to go to Gehenna, right? It's not about Gehenna or Gan Eden. It's about in this life, in this life, do I want to feel HaKadosh Baruch whose arms wrapped around me? Or do I want to be lonely? That's what it comes down to. And the Piaget says, if I constantly review this thought in my mind over and over and over, it's this thought which prevents me from making dramatic life mistakes. And again, remember, it's a, it's a cycle. The fewer mistakes I make, what happens? What happens? Fewer mistakes I make? Closer. The closer I am to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the closer I am to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what happens? The more I'm able to see the world for what it really is. Not just a world that I could perceive with my physical eyes, but a world that I'm able to perceive with the eyes of the soul as well. It's, it's incredible. It's, 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 yes? Isn't there something between seeing it and feeling sure when you see it? Meaning... We know that often we see, we see and believe things that may or may not be true. And we know this country, for example, is divided deeply on some very basic truths, like an election, for example. So we know that the human mind is capable of believing one thing and other people. So isn't there something between seeing, let's say, Hashem in everything, and, then, and wondering whether what you've seen is just something you want to see because it's, it's an excellent point. In other words, how right. How, how, do you, how do you know that what you're seeing is a genuine vision of what it is? I don't know. That, 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 is, a, that is a good question. I get, may, look, maybe the Piaget's will cover it. I don't know. I didn't get to the end of the safer yet. I'm learning it along with you guys. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I would say, like, even getting to that level is an accomplishment. Like, in other words, let's get there. Let, let, let's get there. Because right now, I think with the Piaget's and I think he's, he's giving an accurate perspective for myself. I know what I'm holding now is, I don't, even, I don't even begin to think that I'm seeing what he's describing over here. Right now, I don't see it. I see it with my eyes. I don't, and I believe everything he says, but I don't even have an image of this in front of me. So I think once we get to that level, hopefully we'll come back to your question. But if you achieve that to Vegas Hashem, then you'll be more likely to see with the emissaries. And, and if it will be the actual emissary, it won't be this mind uh, perception. Because uh, but I, Vegas, right, right. You, but that's what one would think. In other words, where there's Devekos, there has to be MS. That's it. I think what I'm saying is, is that, but is it possible that maybe a person could be like almost like a shtickle self-delusional in this? With the without a Yeah, yeah. That's what a clip is all about. Yeah. Changing the Changing the distorting reality. reality. And so therefore you think what you're doing is right. That, that's right. the whole process of an Avera. Right. Right, and in general, that's a difficult thing to come out of. Yeah, yeah, I hear it. Often people feel that Hashem has left them before they left Hashem. So, uh, which is shaker? We we know, but uh, that's the 
a, a delusional process. That so look, that, that uh, look, that that's even. However, uh, I want to tell you, as you see, it's coming out over here now. There's so many like levels and appendages. As Rabbi Shmuel is bringing up over here, is another profound piece, which obviously you know the Piaget that talks about, not in the Sefer, because remember again, this Sefer was written before the war, but in Eish Kodesh. The Piagetna discusses extensively that feeling of being abandoned by Hashem. And the Piagetna talks about it. So, and it's not, in other words, from a, from a perception perspective, it's not Shekhar, it's true. In other words, my perception is that God left me. Of course, on a theological level, it's never true. But on a perception level, but again, I, uh, however, you can see already here, that's why, I, yes. No, of course, of course, of course. Again, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think the way this works, can, can, I, can I tell you something? And this is the beauty of Hasidus. The way this works is keep it simple. Keep it simple. We're going to come to the PhD. That's going to talk about this. We, we don't read into what he's saying. He's, what he's saying is exactly what he means. Right? It's not the shot that like, well, what does the PhD really mean? Piaget is telling us what he means. And I will say, if you think about this, I think sometimes we hear things like this and like the mind or the mouth is, no, he must be talking about something more complicated, right? There must be something. The, no, no. I will say multiple steps. I want to be able to see the spiritual dimension of the world like the Piaget. I want to see God in everything and feel God in everything. Step one. Step two, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Step three, why am I not there yet? Answer, because I have chosen to distance myself from God. I, how have I chosen to distance myself from God? Because at the end of the day, every bad decision I make is me stepping away from the Ribbon Shalom. So step three, I will say, is own it. Own it. Because as scary as it is to own the fact that I am the one who has created a distance, I will say, what's the good part about owning it? You can change it. You can change it. Like Rabbi Nachman says, if you believe, I mean, if you believe that you have the ability to destroy, so Ta'amin believe that you have the ability to build. So if I believe that I have the ability to walk away from God, that means that I believe that I have the ability to walk towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yes, Ramat. So I'm going to be honest. I love it when things start like that. You know, I'm 61 years old and came to, to from Kite late, yeah. really late, 50. And um, you came right at the time that a Baruch Hu needed you to come. The point I'm making is, <laughs> is that, sorry, shut it down. You know, I think I want to get there, but my former life keeps tugging at me. And it's like, I'm fighting it all the time. And, and I'll tell you how it comes out. I'll hear a halakha. And I'll say, and it's, I do all I can to not say, 
this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. You gotta be kidding me. You know? Every, every that, morning in That's the age of horror. That's just an example. That's an example. And it scares me. <laughs> he wants an example. No, no, we don't want an example. We're good. So it, um, it's scary to me to, like, I'm more comfortable to be honest with you. I love I love the, the new me, but at the same time, you know, I've got friends that are my buddies from the old life and to get to, you almost feel like you have to give all that up to 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 do that. And that that just scares me to death. So, so, so first of all, that, that was beautifully said. But I want but I want to say Matt, I want to say something. So I I was born into this. And I struggle with the same things that, th- that you're articulating as well. Maybe they manifest themselves differently. I don't know that I ever have a, this is crazy moment. But, but you know, but, 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 but Lamaisa, I think all of us struggle with this. In other words, there is this dichotomy of like the life I would like to live and the life I pretty much know I need to live. And for most of us, those two lives do not line up. They don't line up. And all of life is trying to like struggle. Like, so, okay, do I have to give up all my old buddies? But there's goodness in that also. There's beauty in those friendships also. There's stuff, there's good stuff that comes out of that. So how do I hold on to the good, keep out the negative? How do I walk this, this fine line of life? So what you're articulating I, I, I hate to tell you this. You're not unique. I mean, you are unique. You are unique. You gotta be unique. But, but the struggle, and you said it, you articulated it so beautifully. It's the same struggle for all of us. It's the same struggle for all of us. So one person is from, from birth. So, okay. So maybe to them, a lot of this stuff just seems a little bit, a little bit more second nature. But there's always the life I have, the life I'd like to have. The gulf in between those two lives. And I know, I know what I have to do. And I know that if I give up the lion's share of the life that I have, I can have the life I'm supposed to have. But I don't want to give up the lion's share of the life that I have. A, because I like it. Right? B, because there's a lot of good stuff in it. So how do I bridge that? And that's exactly, you said it so beautifully. That's exactly what the PHS is trying to help us with. But what it starts with is... Sometimes, and I would say, this is what I love about the Piagets now. Sometimes in life, you just have to be honest, even if I'm not ready to act on that honesty yet. And that's a big thing. So I'm going to be honest. Be honest, right? What I'm going to be honest with is, there are things I'm doing in life that cause me to distance myself from Hashem. Now, I'm going to be honest more. I'm not fixing all of it now. I'm not. I'm not. It's like confession. I feel so much better. <laughs> right, that's great, right? Right? I say, I'm not. I'm not. Again, I'm gonna, and it's all of us. And it's, it's important to acknowledge the reality. So the, I, I, what the PHS is saying, it resonates with me. And I could tell you. I could tell you. I mean, I'm not going to tell you. But I could tell you, like, the two, three, like three, three major things that I have that I know are holding me back. I know it. It's not like I said, no, sometimes a person doesn't, sometimes a person needs to go like to the, to the wonderful mental health professionals and say, I can't figure it out. What's holding me back? I know exactly what's holding me back. And most of us know exactly what's holding us back. But I also know with absolute certainty that on Erev Shabbos, Parashas Truma, Tavshin Pei Gimel, I'm not 
changing it now. I'm not. I'm not. That might be for a variety of reasons. And it's embarrassing to say it. It's embarrassing to say it. But I'm owning the reality. But at some point in time, at least you have to create for yourself the ultimate truth and vision. That's the Piaget. If you notice, by the way, I just want to point out, if you notice, by the way, the Piagetsna is incredible. And, and remember, we'll say, what is the Piagetsna asking us to do? What is he asking us to do? Think. Think. What is he not asking us to do? Change. Act. And isn't this incredible? All he's saying is, okay, get the process started. Get the process started. Rome wasn't built in a day. The Jew wasn't built in a day. I'm not going to be built in a day. Action comes right. from... Action, from, from cognition. Right. Correct. So just... So remember the whole thing, the whole Chavav is the Piaget. B'nai Machshava Tova. The Piaget says the path to self-actualization is paved with thought. The greatest challenge in life is we don't think. So the Piaget is telling you, okay, you might not be ready to act on it. You like your buddies. I like my stuff. I'm not ready. You're not giving up your buddies. I'm not giving up my stuff. Okay. But at least we can think. At least we can think. Because you know what will happen is if you think and you think and you think, then we'll say, what will happen? What will happen? The day will come when I will act. Now, what does act mean? Act might mean I'll take a baby step here. I'll do this. I'll do that. Act doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to take massive sweeping steps of change all at once. But nothing in life gets off the ground without thought. I will say that, that's what's incredible about this. The Piagetsna is not telling us. Like, somebody who used to come to this year said, said to me, he said, Rabbi, I'm not coming to this year anymore. <laughs> At first I thought it was maybe the menu. Because one week I saw, he didn't get chicken. He didn't get chicken, this guy. So I'm like, he's like, it doesn't speak to you. He's like, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do, right? In other words, I, I come out of the shear and I don't know what to do. I said, exactly. <laughs> the Piaget's not, that, that's the whole point. We're so focused on just reacting actionally. And the whole hump that the Piaget is trying to get us to do is to change the way we live by not just responding actionally to every single thing, but to thinking. And thinking might mean that my actions are not changing at all. Right now, but I both say, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking, right? I'm looking at the world differently. I'm looking at myself differently. And the day will come, as Akiva said, the day will come where thought will translate into action. When, what type, how dramatic, that's going to vary person to person. But it all begins with thought. All right, the boss, you know, we'll have to... Uh, all right, incredible, 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 incredible. You have to stop over here for tonight, I'll say. Shkoya. All right, well, we'll be finished. We'll be finished. We're in no time with this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in no time. In no time. There is no time. There is no time. He's probably saying, finish this. <laughs> it's 40 pages. It's 40 pages. It's going to be done in like a yeah. week. All right. <laughs> the story of uh, the man trying to get.